Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week at Marvel, episode number 512, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Agent Lorraine Sink. Lorraine, how is life in the burbs? The burbs are killing it. We said goodbye to Manhattan. We got the last of our stuff out of the city, and I cried many times because New York City has been my most important relationship up until meeting my husband and moving out to the burbs. So a tearful goodbye was said, but also thrilled to be a few minutes further out of the city. It's not that dramatic. (laughs) But, you know, I love New York. So much of my life was based on like, I'm a New Yorker. Now I'm a soft suburban woman. What you need to do is capture a bunch of rats, like Upper West Side rats. So like totally fine, like chill rats, big ones though, and let them loose in your neighborhood. And then you'll feel so much better. Uh, But this is This Week in New York's rat population. We're going to be talking (laughs) about all the different rats you can hang out with and be friends with. Uh, All the ones that we're excited about. Now, this is This Week in Marvel. Rizzo the rat. Oh, love me some Rizzo. Pizza rat. We're going to talk about all the things that's <laughs> happening this week in Marvel that we're excited about from games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever else. We've got some great letters. And of course, we're going to have an amazing guest later this episode. We have Nikki A.S.H. from WWE to talk about SummerSlam. But first, top of the list is Marvel Studios What If. And oh boy, what a week. Episode two is now available. And Lorraine, it's my favorite thing. Maybe ever. Oh, it is so good. And also the episode this week is particularly wonderful. We get to see the triumphant return of T'Challa with a whole new awesome twist that is going to take him to higher heights than ever before. You might even say out of this world. And also we're going to have some awesome guests coming up from the series next week. So come back next week for even more about the series. Very excited because we'll have some folks from in front of and behind the proverbial camera and of course you guys can watch marvel studios what if now streaming on disney plus but we still have much more to talk about for marvel studios that's right marvel studios shang chi and the legend of the ten rings is right around the corner the premiere was live from hollywood this past monday you can watch it now on marvel.com or the marvel youtube channel it was such a fun night Tamara Krinsky was there, along with our pal Josh Soleil, Erica Ishii, and Ray from Style by Marvel. So there are a whole bunch of awesome Marvel folks there and just seemed like it was a real blast. And of course, there's new stuff coming out all the time. There's a new clip that was just released and posters and, you know, just go check it out all over social media or on the Marvel YouTube channel or Marvel.com. And of course, experience Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings in theaters on September 3rd, which in current human time is approximately five minutes from now. Dude, it's wild. But I'm excited for the fall, for September, for all the things. I can't wait to take Catherine apple picking. It's a thing that I'm just getting like super jazzed for right now. Come apple picking with us. Let's do it. But uh, all right, we've got more to talk about for Marvel. We've got Marvel Strike Force news because there's a brand new character by the name of Deathpool. That's D-E-A-T-H Pool, who's appeared in Marvel Strike Force, the mobile game this week. And Deathpool is the daughter of Deadpool and Death. She's an original creation and her look sort of combines both of them. And, you know, if you think about it in the comics, Thanos loved the literal embodiment of death, but she was also kind of fancied by and also fancied Deadpool. And so there was some stuff going on between the three of them and Deadpool and Death. You go, Death. Good for you. But now Deathpool has replaced her mother, and so Thanos used the Infinity Stones to erase Deadpool in all universes, and that's kind of the the backstory for Deathpool. And so in Marvel Strike Force, Deathpool is going to hunt Thanos down, and you get to play around with that storyline, and it's going to be super cool. Definitely check that out. But let's move on. Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther, War for Wakanda launched this week. It is the biggest expansion of Marvel's Avengers yet, and it is now playable. It looks absolutely awesome yeah and it's free which is one of the cool things if you have the base game you got war for wakanda you get to play it right now it's an original story it's about black panther Uh, it's inspired by the comics and 
fun fact, it's consulted on and partially written by our friend and Black Panther writer and Marvel's Declassified co-host Evan Narciss. So yay, Evan, do more awesome stuff. I know Evan's been crushing video games lately and it's been really, really awesome. Go back and read his run of Rise of the Black Panther if you enjoy the game or vice versa. And this is going to be really cool. Ulysses Claw has infiltrated Wakanda's borders to mine, of course, for vibranium because that's his whole steez. It's going to put T'Challa and his leadership really to the test. It looks so awesome. If you haven't gotten to see the war table associated with this, go check it out at Play Avengers for sure, just to see all the visuals and things. It looks really cool. I really am jazzed too because you can play T'Challa as Black Panther, which honestly, so fun. He's got this martial artsy kind of gameplay. It's like a mix between Black Widow and Captain America, but all his own. He's badass. It's super cool. In addition to Panther being playable, it's got new villains like Claw and Crossbones and some like vibranium equipped enemies. And I think the one of the biggest things is the new biome. And biome in the game yeah. is like, lack of a better term, a level, like a big world that you get to play around in mm. and it's the Wakandan jungle and it's really, really cool. On top of that, there's a new outpost, which is Wakanda's capital building in Bernanzana. And there's a whole bunch of side characters and, and different people you can talk to. And that the voice talent in this game, in this expansion oh, is incredible. Yeah. Chris Judge plays T'Challa. Chris Judge did the voice for Kratos in the most recent God of War. And so you just hear boy and uh, if you've ever heard any, like all the memes out of God of War, Chris Judge is incredible. Deborah Wilson, who was in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, she plays Okoye. Erica Luttrell from Westworld plays Shuri. Dave Fenoy plays Zawavari. And Steve Bloom, who's done a million things, is one of my favorite voice actors. He plays Claw. And Lorraine, I don't know if you saw this. There's a really cool tidbit about the voice acting in general. The actors work closely with Beth McGuire, who is the vocal coach behind the accent in Marvel Studios' Black Panther. So Beth actually worked with each actor over multiple VO sessions to make sure that their Wakandan accents were properly delivered. And it really feels connected to the sounds of those accents that we we hear from Marvel Studios Black Panther. This is really cool and really epic. I know that the Marvel Games team has been super excited about this for so long. I'm glad it's finally here. If you already have the game, go get the update. Like, go yeah. go, go, go get the expansion. It's, it's so easy. Or just pick up the game because it's so fun. I just really do love this game. It's available on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Steam, and Stadia. And Ryan, you're going to be doing something cool with this, right? Well, yeah. So there was a sort of launch event that was hosted by a friend of mine, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. They also did a whole bunch of stuff around the War for Wakanda expansion. So you can check that out on the Kind of Funny channels. But I'm going on Kind of Funny Games Daily on Friday, August 20th, which is tomorrow or today or in the recent past, depending on when you're listening to this episode, but that's their daily video game news podcast. So I'm going on there to talk with Greg just about all kinds of stuff, but it's fun. We planned this a while ago before the exact date for the launch of Marvel's Avengers Black Panther War for Wakanda was put out, and it just lined up. So it's good. I'm sure we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Marvel Future Revolution and all kinds of stuff. So check me out on Kind of Funny Games Daily this week. Yeah, more cool stuff coming up today, including today, 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 the day the podcast came out, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop number one was announced. We all know and love Kate Bishop. That is coming this November. Kate is heading home, or at least she's coming back to New York, which is very exciting. And she wants to go back to her chosen family on the East Coast. So there is going to be some really fun, I it looks like maybe road trippy kind of vibes as she gets back to the city. Maybe there's going to be a jewel heist, maybe a swanky resort here or there. I don't know. You're just going to have to read it in November, which I think, you know, we're all really looking forward to what's coming for Hawkeye sometime later this year. So perfect time to get into some Kate Bishop comics. Yeah, there's a wealth of great Kate Bishop comics. So if everybody True. out there hasn't read them yet, there's there's great Hawkeye books. All the Hawkeye comics of the last 10 years or so yeah. have been really good. And, and when Kate shows up, it's really excellent. And then West Coast Avengers is one of my favorites. So mm -hmm. I'm very excited by Hawkeye Kate Bishop. So stay tuned for that in November. Also, November, we've got more Darkhold stuff. We've been talking about Darkhold because everybody 
excited about Darkhold. We know we saw some Darkhold stuff in the MCU, but in the comics, Darkhold's been around for a long, long time. And we're getting some new things happening in here. And I wanted to highlight this because I think this is the first time we've had a story written by Jordi Belair, who is an amazing colorist and, and wonderful, awesome comic book creator. So having her actually getting to write a story is really cool. She's writing a Darkhold Wasp story. There's also a Darkhold Black Bolt story written by Mark Russell. We're going to have art by Claire Rowe on Jordi's Wasp book, and David Cutler is doing the art on the Black Bolt book. But I'm just super excited for Jordi to kick some butt and to keep getting people excited about the comic she's making. Yeah, I know. I was so thrilled when I saw this because I love Jordy. She's an Eisner Award winning colorist. She's so talented. I love her so much as a human being. She's just such a cool person. And I'm so excited to see her taking up the pen for writing instead of arts for a change. So I think that's going to be really awesome. Also excited for a big milestone this seems like a crazy number to me, but Avengers 750 is coming in November. It is going to be a 96-page milestone issue consisting of multiple game-changing stories written by Jason Aaron, plus an all-star lineup of artists including Carlos Pacheco, Aaron Cooter, Ed McGuinness, Javier Garon. It's just going to be a giant-sized epic. It's going to be packed with revelations and jaw-dropping moments and of course the multiversal masters of evil a new group of villains that were introduced in free comic book day avengers slash hulk number one and so maybe you'll be seeing some more from them in this book speaking of free comic book day i hope everybody got out there got their books we put out a special episode of marvel's pull list for free comic book day it was a what if inspired episode as well, where we asked the question, what if Marvel's pull list had one different host? And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I was a guest on the show because in that universe, I was a like executive vice editor or something like that for Wizard Magazine. And it was it was a hoot and a holler. We had a good laugh with that one. But on Marvel's pull list this week, we are continuing what if celebrations. We have on editor Will Moss, who has been the editor of Spider-Man Spider Shadow, the current what if series that we're doing and we talked about some classic what if stories in there so that's a lot of fun and our favorite books of the week included kang the conqueror number one x-men trial of magneto number one and marauders number 23 you can check out marvel's pull list anywhere you get your audio oh one last piece of news for this week uh, i wanted to let everybody know about some new vv digital collectibles from marvel if you remember there was the spider-man collectible a couple weeks ago a couple of different little digital statues that you can get on Vivi, as well as most recently last weekend, they released their first wave of Marvel Mighties. These are really cute little versions of Marvel characters. And in the first wave, you had a couple of versions of Captain America, including Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers, as well as a Red Skull. And they're adorable. And they sold out in like 15 minutes, which is Wow, they went so fast. So this week, the drop from Marvel and Vivi is all about their first round of Marvel comics, each with variant covers, and they're all in blind box format. So they released Marvel Comics number one, Journey into Mystery number 85, and Fantastic Four number one. And by the time you're listening to this, you may still have an opportunity to get them. Marvel Comics dropped on Thursday, Journey into Mystery 85, which is the first appearance of Loki and Odin and Heimdall and a whole bunch of other stuff. So key issue there and Fantastic Four number one. So Journey into Mystery is dropping Friday and Fantastic Four number one is coming Saturday, August 21st. So definitely get the VV app on iOS or Android. You can read a blog about some of the comics functionality that's coming out for VV. This is just the first drop of comics. Stay tuned for more. And if you've never read these issues, they're awesome. You can follow VV at VV underscore official on Twitter to see some of the pictures and, and details of what I'm talking about. Oh man, Ryan, you know what? Sometimes I just wish in the middle of the summer that I could slam someone. If I could slam someone this summer, if I could have a summer slam, that would be so great. Okay, this is a bad segue, but we have on wrestler Nikki A.S.H. You guys got to catch up. What was it like? Yeah, Nikki A.S.H., wonderful. She's the Raw Women's Champion. She is going into SummerSlam, which is available on Peacock in the U.S. or on the WWE Network outside. SummerSlam is going to be big. It's on Saturday, 
August 21st. I'm very excited. There's also a big NXT show. I have friends over at NXT, also friends over on WWE main roster doing SummerSlam. So I'm super excited for this. It's going to be a big honking weekend of wrestling. And we got to talk to Nikki about her fandom. And I didn't realize she was such a, a fan. Her first wrestler name was Nikki Storm because she was such a Aww. fan of Storm and the X-Men cartoon. And so we had a great conversation. We're going to talk to her all about wrestling and Marvel and being friggin' positive and awesome. So listen to us talk to Nikki A.S.H. right now. Nikki A.S.H., welcome to This Week in Marvel, and congratulations on all your recent and well-deserved success. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's our pleasure. What's your Marvel origin story? How did you first hear about Marvel, become a fan of Marvel? What was it for you that first connected you to Marvel? So for me, I watched the Spider-Man and the X-Men cartons when I was a child growing up in Scotland they, they would show it at the weekends that was my introduction to the superhero world so for me like the the X-Men cartoon and Rogue and Jubilee and Storm were my absolute favourites and then the MCU movies with Iron Man and Captain America and everything kind of as I grew up and grew up with those movies too so that was my introduction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's so many folks I talk to who have that same experience of those Spider-Man and particularly the X-Men cartoons. So Jubilee, Storm, Rogue. I mean, those that's like the Holy Trinity right there. Do you have one you could pick over the other two? I loved Rogue when I first got into the wrestling industry. When I was trying to decide on a name, I was actually going to call myself Rogue. And then I decided to keep Nikki my, uh, you know, non-superhero name. But then I decided on Nikki Storm. So the Storm, a little part of that was, you know, I couldn't really ever quite decide between Rogue and Storm. But then Jubilee had the best outfit. But Rogue was very, very powerful. But, you know, growing up in Scotland, we have weather all over the place. We have four seasons in one day. I could relate to Storm as well, you know. So probably Rogue, probably Rogue. If I had to choose. If you had to choose. Did you ever do like the white streak in your hair like her? No, I'm kind of thinking about it though, to be honest. Now that I'm ASH, almost a superhero, like I'm kind of contemplating it. I, it would be a good look. <laughs> so you mentioned getting into wrestling and your early wrestling names. When and, and how did you start getting into professional wrestling? And at what point did you realize like, this is the thing that I'm going to do? I mean... You know, so me and my sister, we would watch the X-Men cartoons, we would watch the Spider-Man cartoon, and then we would watch WWE. You know, I was 10 years old when I first watched the WWE pay-per-view, and it was Lita and the Hardy Boys and Trish Stratus and Test and Albert, and I was just fixated. So for those years, those teenager years, you know, I was 18 years old, and I was going to the University of Glasgow studying history, and I just decided, I googled Scottish wrestling schools one day and I was just grateful and lucky enough that there was one maybe an hour because I took public transport so I took two buses to get there which to be honest you know I know some people they would drive like five or six hours just to get to the wrestling school so I was really fortunate that there was really good local ones in Glasgow and Scotland and then I just went down I was 18 years old I went to the wrestling school it was beginners class on a Sunday morning and I think I just fell in love instantly. I was just, and it felt like instantly felt right. Like I took my first bump on a crash pad and it felt right. Like even doing star jumps to warm up, it just felt like I was supposed to be here in a wrestling ring. I've only like touched a ring like twice. So I've never taken a bump. I've never run the ropes, but I hear all these stories of, you know, like that first time you take that like flat back bump and it just knocks the wind out of you. Or when you hit those ropes, they're steel cables, right? Like, I don't know if our listeners who are mostly Marvel fans understand that that's a pretty intense feeling, I would imagine. Yeah, it is intense. And, you know, I remember your body when you're getting used to it and you begin your wrestling training. And I would always tell anyone, you know, get yourself to a good school where you're going to be taught from like baby steps, your fundamentals, your good foundation, and just in a safe controlled environment so for me I was really lucky that we had that wrestling ring 
but yeah, the ropes are unforgiven. You know, I remember my first day and like my back's all like bruised and in like even just taking my first back bump, it was, as you said, like you're like, oof, but I just loved it. Like it was, I was too excited to really worry about like how much it hurt. And then, you know, with proper training and the proper technique and you just learn how to take good care of your body because what we do is live action in the ring and you just have to learn how to take care of your body, rest and recovery and stretching and exercises. And there's ways to definitely, you know, make it better for yourself. But being a WWE superstar, you, you need to take care of your body because what we do, you know, it's like superheroes. Not everyone can do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, seriously. What y'all do is incredible. I'm thrilled and amazed. And I have a 22-month-old daughter and she watches some gymnastics and ballet and stuff. And, you know, I grew up watching, I've been watching wrestling since I was like five or six years old. And I'm trying to figure out like, when do I feel comfortable showing her professional wrestling? Because now, especially now, she could have so many amazing role models who are incredible female wrestlers, such as yourself. There's just amazing litany of women who do what you do on top of the incredible men who do the sport. But I'm like, I want to show her, you know, but I know that some of those things she'll want to replicate and I don't want her doing that stuff. We got to be careful. I'll try to get her a little cape. She needs a little cape. She needs oh a little gosh. mask and a cape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she definitely needs all that. Let's talk a little bit about Nikki A.S.H. And WWE fans first met you as Nikki Cross. You mentioned Nikki Storm. How did you come to Nikki A.S.H.? So it was, you know, round about the Royal Rumble, our big, big, big pay-per-view in January where, you know, the 30 people there, you've got to throw everyone over the top rope and the last person standing is the winner. So the night after Royal Rumble, you know, we'd done this really fun story leading up to Royal Rumble through our digital platforms, which was me telling the story of trying to qualify to get into the match, you know, and then... The night after, you know, I'm kind of left thinking, OK, what's next? What do we want to do here? What have we done for the last five years and what do we want to do next? So we had this idea of me becoming a superhero and I always was massively inspired by the hurricane. I've got my Loki T-shirt on, you know, as you can see. And, oh, yeah, you know, and like, you know, WandaVision was the number one streamed show in the world and the Black Widow movie was coming out. I was, absolutely loved all of the movies in the, the MCU. You know, Infinity War and Endgame are up there with my favourite movies of all time. So for me, like, I just really loved what the MCU and what Marvel put out there. And for me, I remembered my love of X-Men and my love of Spider-Man and felt like being a kid again and just being able to enjoy and embrace that. And I really wanted to do something that was positive and joyful and just kind of fun, but inspirational, but empowering and just something that like people could like come together with because that's what WWE does, you know, the same as Marvel. We connect people. We want to give, you know, something families can come and enjoy together and just connect people. So I think with this character, I was like, I can combine my love of superheroes with my love of wrestling and just put this together. And for a couple of months, we like researched the idea. I commissioned an artist to draw up like Nikki as a cartoon and it was almost very similar to the X-Men. It was the blue and the yellow and there was a cross for cross. So it was it was a little like the X-Men, you know, obviously we changed it, but that was just a concept. And then we looked and saw what, you know, for instance, Captain Marvel, you know, those box office numbers, you know, that movie made me, not only did I have an amazing soundtrack, you know, the music was awesome, but it, it made me cry. Like it was so inspiring, you know, so look, to the box office numbers and the money that these movies were making and TV shows getting like you know recommissioned and picked up for more seasons so I was like okay superheroes like let's go you know and then we got the idea greenlit and then it was everyone just came together to come up with the design come up with the costume come up with the name you know just different things and we all worked together and it was this wonderful collaboration it was the costume was ready and then it was like okay let's go like you know <laughs> and it was seeing it brought to life was really satisfying and really fulfilling because I know the hours that I put into researching this character, you know? So for me, it's like, I was so proud because I think that was just a labor of, you know, love of superheroes and wrestling combined. 
that connection between Marvel and superheroes and wrestling is through so many of folks who are at WWE. Now, the the costume a little bit. Can you explain it a little bit more for our listeners? You know, like sort of the look because we've seen a bunch of superheroes, but this one is, is cool. It's very much your own. How do you describe it? And and like, is there a part of it that like really helps you envision the character when you're in the ring? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, one of the biggest things was the colors. You know, I was very like, I really, really wanted blue and gold. I really wanted blue and gold because blue represents, and you know, for a lot of comic book and superheroes, like blue can, you know, represents depth, confidence, trust, integrity. And then the gold, more yellow, is, you know, the joy and attentiveness and energy. And being such a big X-Men fan, I really wanted to play homage to that. You know, in X-Men, they were kind of protectors and symbols for people on the outside. And I've always kind of felt like that, you know, growing up and being a wrestling fan and being a superhero fan. And I was always a big reader, always watching TV shows and movies. So I was very, like, felt like an outsider a lot. So that's I think that's why I kind of gravitated towards the X-Men so much. So the blue and the gold. And blue is obviously also the Scottish flag. You know, I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. So I've tried to always have little bits of blue in my gear and then the logo is a butterfly like a gold butterfly with gold lightning sparks across it and that was really important to me the logo because the butterfly represented this metamorphosis you know Nikki Cross to Nikki A-S-H and then I think the butterfly is a symbol of like femininity and I wanted something little girls can like relate to and like and then the lightning sparks for me so as Nikki Storm on the independent scene I would always wear lightning bolts on my gear. And I've shared some Instagram throwback Thursdays, you know, a few weeks ago. And I was like, here's Nikki Storm with lightning bolts and a little mini cape. So it felt like the origins were planted years and years ago when I started wrestling in 2008. And it felt like, you know, we were able to bring that back, bring the lightning bolts back. And I think for me, the lightning bolts are just such a spark of energy. And that's what I wanted to portray. Like, as soon as you see Nikki A.S.H., She's bringing the energy and the fight and the fire and the light and the spark. Even the logo itself represents so much of what I want to represent and also what I've represented in the past. And I think the fan art that people have been doing, and you know, I've shared a lot of them on my Twitter and Instagram, I think you know, people connected with the look and connect with the character and I'm so proud and seeing the fan art and seeing the different way they use butterflies and lightning bolts and the blue and the gold, like... It's cool. And then we wanted an outfit that was like something that a little girl could make herself, you know. So we didn't want anything too complex or intricate because I think that then we can also develop the look as the years go on. So we want to give ourselves somewhere to go as well. And who knows, maybe we do make it a little bit more intricate here and there. But for now, it's like the character, we want it to be relatable. And we want it to be any little girl knows... I can be ASH too. You know, I can be Natalie ASH or Rebecca ASH. The costume itself, it's gold leggings, it's gold boots, it's a blue leotard with the butterfly logo in the middle and it's the blue and the gold mask and we have the blue and the gold wrist gauntlets and the blue and gold armband. So it was all stuff that we wanted children to be able to dress as for Halloween. Just something where little girls can like, they can make that. Like, you know, if your mum's a really good sewer, you can make that. So it was kind of kick-ass meets super girl. I love it. The butterfly thing is my daughter, she loves butterflies. You know, we always, we look for butterflies when we go out and walk. And the idea of, you know, being able to evolve is so smart. I'm just so proud of you and the way you're thinking about all this and it's like so excited for you Thank because you. it's it's so intelligent and so thoughtful but also it makes so much perfect sense you know when we think about marvel characters we think about wrestling characters they evolve they change but they're still elements and so from nikki storm to nikki ash like i think of a character like Captain Marvel, who started out as Ms. Marvel, and she's been binary, and she's been Warbird, and now she's Captain Marvel, but it's still the core of who she is has remained. She just evolves and becomes bigger and stronger. And, and what I love as well, and this was really important for me, was for the Steve Rogers and the Captain America, it was like, even before Steve Rogers got the super serum, 
he had the heart of a superhero. You know, he was standing up to the bullies, even though you know he was tiny and he was like, I can do this all day, you know? And it's like, even before he took the super serum, he had the heart of a superhero. And then you think of Black Widow, who doesn't have any powers, but she's the best trained fighter in the world. I think there's elements to that which we can draw in with the, you know, almost a superhero. I'm not a superhero because I don't have super serum and I can't fly and super strength, but I've got the same values and moral compass of any superhero. I think there's so many things we can draw on and we've only scratched the surface. Did you talk to any other, you know, WWE superheroes? You mentioned Hurricane and Molly. Have you talked to anybody or is it like you just had this already fully formed in your brain? So for me, I do really want to take the time to shout out to Hurricane Helms, you know, Shane Helms, because he has been so, so supportive. Like, it's hard to actually find the words to describe how much it means to me, because he has literally been there every step of the way. He was the one that told me, you know, really helped me with the mask. He was like, you know, no matter what, the mask has to stay on your face. So, you know, whatever straps you need to get, just make sure the mask stays on because you need to protect your identity. <laughs> he's just been so helpful every step of the way. And it's it means a lot knowing he's in my corner. Yeah, we love him over here. So you mentioned winning the, the championship. I want to step back a night. And what was that feeling getting to the top of the ladder at Money in the Bank. Like I was thinking watching the show, this is so amazing. And the joy that you must have felt that night. Please tell us, what was that like? It was insane. You know, like <laughs> you kinda it still feels very surreal. You know, everyone had their hands on the briefcase and I just scurried past all of them and while well, they were all fighting, just grabbed it and like it was uh, very cheeky, you know, which that's kind of like been an element of the character that we want to explore a little more, you know, that kind of playful cheekiness, you know. So I kind of jumped down, scurried up the ramp, ran up the ramp, climbed up the ladder, you know, and just really looked out to the crowd. And that was the first time I'd been in front of fans, you know, in the Fort Worth, Texas. So, you know, I looked at the briefcase, looked at the crowd, I'm top of the ladder, feeling on top of the world and just overcome with emotion. Like I just looked at the briefcase and I just started crying. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I never thought I'd be here. Like I always strive to it and always work towards it. And but I just never, I don't know, it felt like a dream. And then it was really funny because the next night when I cashed in, I was still all those things like very happy. It was felt surreal, but there was no tears. It was just, complete celebration, complete triumph, complete joy, literally ran to the WWE fans and celebrated in the crowd. So it was it was funny because the briefcase kind of made me cry, um, happy tears. And then winning the Raw Women's Championship, I was just utter celebration, you know? And it, it's weird because in those moments where you grab the briefcase or you grab the championship, you have all these emotions going through you. Like you have all these like memories going to that Glasgow wrestling school for the first time and putting on your first pair of knee pads or lacing up your boots and all the people that helped me get here, you know, like you're thinking of all of that, but then you're also thinking this like serenity, this like peace, like you're like, oh, I did it. And then the other part of you is like, all right, I'm ready, let's go, let's buckle up. We've got some challengers to face. You know, like you feel responsibilities, you're a role model for the younger audiences. You're representing the company. And a part of me is like, it feels surreal and like a dream. But at the same time, it's like, I'm ready. This is what I've worked towards. This is my time. Let's go. So I don't know. Those are just a bunch of different emotions and feelings. Yeah, it's amazing. All the things you're saying, especially the positivity and, and the responsibility, makes me think of John Cena as well. And like Cena is now back in WWE it must be exciting for the potential to have conversations with him because the learning tree that you have access to all across WWE, but just someone like John, who I think is inspiring and positive and really connects with the fans in ways that I think Nikki A.S.H. can as well. It's got to be a lot of fun. 100%. And Rey Mysterio is another one just because Rey is all, you know, a smaller competitor, you know, and I feel like I'm a lot of the time, even though I'm champion, I'm going to be going into these big matches at SummerSlam 
even though I'm the champion, I'm still going in as the underdog a little bit and I'm going in as a smaller competitor with these formidable and powerful women. I look at John Cena and, I, and then I look at Rey Mysterio and I'm just being inspired by them and empowered by their message that they bring. And it's been amazing having John Cena back. Like, it's awesome. We're going to get more into SummerSlam, but I have a couple of fun marvel questions for you. If you could have any Marvel character as a tag team partner... Who would you choose? Would you go with one of your three from the X-Men show? Would you go with Captain Marvel? Who would you go with? I think Spider-Man. Spider-Man would come in really handy because of his the web slinging, you know, so I think he would be able to stop our opponents from being able to tag one another. But then Captain America has the shield, but then I don't know if he'd be able to use a foreign object in a wrestling match. Yeah, I don't know. Is this a bunkhouse brawl or is everybody bringing their weapons? But then does Spider-Man, does his webs count as a foreign object? I, I don't know. These are questions we would have to ask. Yeah, we got to get the referees in here. We have to get the referees in here. Like, does the web, but it's a part of him. Well, hmm, I think that's a, we need to explore that more. All right, so let's flip that around. What Marvel character do you think would make a great rivalry for oh, you? I feel like Rogue and Storm are kind of out of my, you know, league. You know, Storm can control the weather. Rogue can like render someone incapacitate someone just by touching them you know so I don't know I feel like they would be exciting but I don't think I'd have much of a chance Whether's Black Widow you know is incredibly well trained probably the best fighter in the world but she doesn't have you know she can't change the weather that I know of you know unless she has a little gadget you know I think me and Black Widow would have a fantastic rivalry she would make me step up my game yeah in Marvel Comics continuity, we have a wrestling federation called the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. We have one story where the writer of it, Jason Latour, was a huge wrestling fan. And he basically wrote up uh, an old school Dusty Rhodes promo, but he had the thing from Fantastic Four ah! given the promo. And it was just, it was tremendous. It was really good. And there's a character in there I would love to see you go up against called Pound Cakes. And she's big and she's strong, but she's a pro wrestler in Marvel Comics. And that would be a lot of fun. I like to Oh, that would be awesome. I just realized as well, the Invisible Woman would be an amazing tag team partner. Why didn't I think of that? Easy schoolboy roll-ups and all kinds of Easy. stuff that they'll never see it coming. They'll never see it coming. I like that. <laughs> uh, you touch on a whole bunch of great Marvel characters. You mentioned some of the films. You're wearing a Loki shirt. How'd you feel about Marvel Studios Loki? Have you had a chance to even watch it with everything going on? Oh my good, no, we oh we watched that. Oh my <laughs> lord, we were watching that. We were waiting patiently every Wednesday. I thought Loki was tremendous. I thought One Division was awesome. I loved Falcon Winter Soldier. Like it felt like a political thriller almost. I don't know if that's the right term, but I really enjoyed what they did and I really love Sam and Bucky's friendship. And then Loki came in, I was like, oh man, like if you asked me to choose my favorite out of these TV series, I don't I don't know which one I'd pick. Okay, Loki, okay. I loved Loki. When it came up season two, I was like, yes. And then uh, what If is coming out as well soon, so I'm excited for What If. And I saw the images of uh, Captain Carter with the British flag, so I'm excited for What If. So, oh, yes, let's go. Yeah, I, I think especially because your love started with the animation, Marvel Studios What If is, is my personal favorite thing that the MCU has done. There's so much coming to the MCU. You won't have to wait for more anytime soon. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good thing. So... You touched on it a little bit. How excited are you to be back wrestling in front of crowds now as champion and going into SummerSlam? Being back in front of our fans, it's, it's why we do what we do, to feel that connection, to feel that energy, to feel that emotion. Like, to me, there's nothing better. You know, when I won the championship and I ran out to the crowd and I found this little girl who was, like, cheering her heart out and we took a picture together and, like, I saw the picture the next day and it's like I'm holding her hand and I'm like holding up the championship and she's looking at me with these big eyes and she looks so happy and I'm like, you know, that's why we do what we do. So just hearing their energy and like every crowd is different and I forgot how much I loved that. Like they use their voices and they'll let you know how they're feeling and they, they're not shy about it and I just adore that so much. And it's just that adrenaline rush of just seeing those happy faces and seeing families come and watch our shows together like because you know that I would watch wrestling with my family when I was growing up so for me like seeing families come to our shows just makes me smile 
I think there are going to be a lot of smiles, a lot of cheers, a lot of really loud fans at SummerSlam, which is Saturday, August 21st, streaming live on Peacock in the U.S. and WWE Network everywhere else. I'm excited. I may have to let the baby stay up late to watch you wrestle. <laughs> you know, it's going to be Las Vegas. It's our first time in an NFL stadium. So we're like, we're super pumped. Yeah. Well, much success to you, Nikki. Thanks for being on the show and uh, keep being awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Nikki, but let's move on to our question of the week for next week because we're going to have Marvel Studios What If folks who are both on the mic and off the mic, but on the mic for us. So what is our question of the week, Ryan? Yeah, I think the simple one is what is your favorite What If Marvel story? There's a ton to mine from. You can choose the current Disney Plus original series, any of the episodes you've seen so far. You can choose the hundreds of comics that we've put out. So there's tons to mine from. I'll even take alterniverse stories and you know all that kind of stuff you know there's the punisher kills the marvel universe is one of my favorites is written by garth ennis and it's so Mm -hmm. bleak and so upsetting but i've read it so many times over the years if i had to choose i would probably go with what if volume 2 number 16 which is what if wolverine battled conan and it's just got Wolverine fighting Conan and Wolverine cuts one of Conan's hands off. And then Conan Whoa. is such a badass. He like takes his hand. And he like basically cauterizes the wound and keeps fighting. And then they basically switch places. And Conan is in modern times. And Wolverine gets to live his best life in Hyboria. And he rides off into the sunset with Red Sonia. And it's like he got his redhead. He got his time to just <laughs> be, a, be a berserker. It's so good. It's so good. Honestly, I feel like that's a timeline in which Wolverine would thrive. I'm going to go with what if Jane Foster were Thor, you know, the real precursor to the Jason Aaron era in which she's Thordis. The weird thing at the end of this storyline in that what if it's so bonkers. And we talk about this with Will Moss on Marvel's pull list is that Odin's like, ah, finally, my son is back. Give me that hammer. Here you go, son. You're Thor again. And she's like, okay. And he's like, but I love you. And Odin is saying this to Jane. He's like, I love you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You are now a goddess. And then they like fall in love together. It's a real weird ending. It's a real weird ending. I just always think about too, in the main Marvel universe, when Odin's like, I'm going to make Jane a goddess and see if she can hack it in Asgard. And so he makes her like the goddess of flight. And then she falls from the sky and fails miserably. And he's like, bah, ha, 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 she has failed my test. Odin is the villain. That's my point. Odin is always the villain. 100%. So let us know what your favorite what if story is. You can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Of course, please make sure to tell us it is okay to read on the show. Yeah, but let's move on to community. Our question of the week last week was if you were a professional wrestler, what would your Marvel themed name be? And we had some good ones. This first one is Ale de Deb Conta de Besties at Maxi Loki, which says the Thunder Witch, which I might just adopt myself personally. That's so good. Alex at Alex 72915002 says the cold soldier, which so I love good. it because it sounds like the cold shoulder. Oh, my God. You, and that could be your finishing. You could be the cold soldier and your finishing move could just be a running tackle and you call it the cold shoulder. Yeah, I love it. We have Dr. Squatch at Dr. Squatch, which says Spider-Man, definitely not the human spider. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mavi Perez at Perez Mavi underscore 101 says, if I were a professional wrestler, my Marvel theme name would be Death Mistress. Everybody's mm. afraid of death, but my superpower will make them fall in love with it. Ooh. Nice. Junist at TH1J Bust for Life says, I would immediately use Scarlet Spider 3 or the Scarlet Spider-Man due to growing up being completely obsessed with Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider and coming to love Kane Parker's Scarlet Spider in my teen years. Ooh, I like that. Also, Junist, stay tuned to Marvel Comics. If you're a big Ben Riley fan, lots of stuff happening. Kevin Walls at KWalls16 says the Thorpedo. Yeah. So friggin' good. Oh my gosh. A lot of these also would just be great move names, man. We got my Marvel inspired wrestling name would be the Diamond Phoenix. I like that one. And 
you could train with Diamond Dallas Page and use the Diamond Cutter and be like a next generation. Oh, it writes itself here. I should be working in wrestling. Chris James Smith at Smith James Chris says, Unhappy Hogan, the human it. torture, Snack Panther, <laughs> Irish Whiplash, Charles <laughs> Suplex Xavier, Slam Lee, and of course, Bonesaw McGraw. <laughs> oh my God, Chris, wow. I want to give you a million twin points for that one. That is wow. so friggin' good. Ugh. That's a whole stable of amazing wrestlers. How has nobody said Slam Lee before? God dang, that was good. Well done. Well done. All right. Next up, we have an email from Dylan DeSalt, which says, if I were a professional wrestler, my Marvel name, I would homage would be Dare Dude or Dude Devil, I guess. Ha <laughs> ha. So now if that was the case, you would be a 90s wrestler. You would be a surfer dude and you would have the red mask, but you would also come out with a surfboard and it would be terrific so like a daredevil mask and then just like beach shorts yeah like bright Trunks. neon sh- and like they would have to be oh they could be the like the colors of daredevil's original costume the yellow yeah <laughs> ian at the guard ian says hi agent m and lorraine sometimes you shout out local comic stores on this week in marvel and i just wanted to shout out at now or never comic i'm in san diego for vacation and needed a local shop for free comic book day and the great folks at Now or Never were incredibly welcoming and helpful. They hooked me up with free stuff and also helped me find my way around their shop with some other things. Free comic book day was saved by friendly strangers. I definitely wanted to put this one in the show because Now or Never is run by a friend of mine. It's owned by my friend Aaron, who I've known for, God, a long time. He used to work at Harmonix making Rock Band and those video games. And he's a, he's a fellow hardcore kid. He's from Massachusetts. And so he just went out and opened up a comic shop in San Diego. And the only thing I'm upset about is that I've never been there because he opened it right around Comic-Con 2019. And it was so busy, we couldn't go. And then we didn't get to come back for 20 or 21. But his shop is amazing. He's so thoughtful and smart about it. Everybody should follow the shop at at now or never comic on Twitter. Or if you're in San Diego, go give him a visit. Yeah. Next up, we have a message from Dustin who sent us an awesome picture of one of his favorite Marvel toys. That was our question of the week last week and said, so I couldn't pick just one toy. So what you see here is a few of my favorites on display. I have really been liking the Lego Marvel products coming out. Building them is a nice sense of calm. I have here Avengers Tower and an Iron Man bust. The biggest thing, though, is my Iron Spider Hot Toys figure from Sideshow Collectibles. I have always seen these displayed at San Diego Comic-Con and have always wanted to get one and start collecting them. Finally got my hands on one, one that my wife Megan picked out for me. Definitely one of my favorite Spidey suits for sure. Civil War is one of my favorite comic book reads, and the suit looked fantastic in the Spider-Man PS4 game. For now, I keep it boxed up until I have the proper space to display it in all all its glory. Lorraine and Ryan, what are some of your favorite Marvel toys? We talked about this a bit last week, and so there were some really good ones in there. I will say, Dustin, let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let the toys breathe. Ryan is a ruiner of boxes and things. I get it because my mom is an antique dealer, and I was always told to keep everything in mint condition. But you know what? Ryan is right. Just enjoy your toys because what are you keeping it for? If it's a pure investment, throw it in the basement and don't look at it. If if you want to enjoy it, put it on yourself. Love it. Enjoy it. Also, the message goes on to say, by the way, Ryan, I agree. Them Muppet babies are cute. My daughter loves Ms. Piggy. I've watched the show so much. I've developed the voices of the characters and choreography for the songs. It's a fun show. And I agree. Would love to have the original show on Disney Plus. Watched it as a kid. And that's what made me get my daughter in into it. We have showed her the Spidey and his amazing friend shorts and it got her attention. While we are mostly Marvel fans in our household, we still show our love for some other heroes. I don't Mm-mm. I don't I've never heard of them. We love all of the comics, movies and shows. Also Lorraine, congrats on your new house and hopefully you get to rest soon. As always, great content week in and week out. Keep up the amazing work. Just think it's great you interact with the fans like this. Lorraine and Ryan, you are the absolute best. Take care and stay healthy. All right. Thank you. You know what? Have you watched Bluey? Everybody should watch Bluey. That's that's my message here. It's on Disney Plus. Bluey is everything you need if you have anxiety, if you are mm. sad, if you are having a bad day. Bluey is a show on Disney Plus and it is seven minutes per episode and it is the purest, best thing 
I'm going to be honest. Before you were like kids show and I was like, oh, that sounds nice for children. And then you said anxiety. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Welcome to This Week in Bluey. <laughs> I would kill to do a Bluey show. <laughs> Holler at me, government of Australia. I will do it. It's partially funded by the government. All right. We've got another email in here, one that just came in right before we were recording. And I love this email. Julia says, hi, I discovered your podcast last week and absolutely love it. You can really feel the love and enthusiasm for all things Marvel that goes into each episode. And I'm looking forward to the 495 episodes I haven't listened to yet. I've got to admit that I'm just a casual fan of the MCU that loves the movies and series, but never dived into the comic book universe behind them. But with all the talk about comics on the podcast, especially the mention of Marvel's Voices Pride, since I've got somewhat of a personal connection to that topic, I've gotten curious and read up on that specific book. There's this great sneak peek of the stories in Pride on the official Marvel website, and as a trans girl, this one description really clicked with me because, to me, it hits the nail on the head. And quote, I wanted to do a story that had a trans character at its heart and say a little something about being trans, but I wanted it to be good, silly fun, and not anything serious or overwhelming, shared Lila Sturges. Lila continues, So much of what we see about trans people in the media can be negative and upsetting, even when it's coming from a good place. So it was such a thrill for me to provide a happy trans story to Marvel's first ever Pride special. I hope folks like it. End quote. You can read the full quote on marvel.com. There's, there's more about the book. And then Julia continues saying, how she puts it is exactly how I'd love to be represented. And that's a first for me because, as she says, plenty of what's out there in the media about trans people can be negative and upsetting. Judging by the description, I've got high hopes for that story because I'd love to finally feel represented by a cool character somewhere for the first time. So after reading that and falling in love with a brilliant cover art design designed by Chris Anka, I ordered my first Marvel comic book ever and can't wait for it to arrive. Thank you for bringing that piece of art to my attention and thanks for doing such a great podcast. It's a pleasure to listen to you. Oh, what a nice note to end on. Julia, thank you so much. I loved that note. And it's one of those things that's a reminder of the power and the importance of the stories that Marvel tells and how they can connect to new people every single time. It's, you know, something that Lorraine and I talk about here on the show. Every episode of the show, every comic book we make, every movie, every television, everything that Marvel does is going to be someone's first experience with our characters and our universes. And so I'm really glad that there are entry points for you that help you see yourself reflected in the characters. I think if you want to dive in more, there's going to be a bunch of great characters and stories in that Pride issue, which is a wonderful comic. Mm. But we did an episode over on my other show that I co-host, Marvel's Pull List. We actually have a deep dive into that Pride issue with Luciano Vecchio, who does the opening to that book, who did some character designs in there. That's the episode from June 23rd. If you want to check that out, Julia, it's really great. It's a bigger exploration of that issue and a lot of stuff. And we also have Crystal Fraser, who is writing currently Gamma Flight for us, and she's been working on a little bit of Immortal Hulk, but she's helped out on Immortal Hulk with one of the characters in the book who is trans, Dr. McGowan, and so exploring that character, and she's been doing a lot more writing for us. So that episode will be coming up on Marvel's pull list in the future. So hopefully there's more and more for you from us at Marvel. Yeah. Man, that was an epic episode today. Thanks, everybody, for being along for the ride. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Daredevil's Yellow Pajamas. Get out of bed with horns on your head. It's Daredevil's Yellow Pajamas. Hooray. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. Your universe.